Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on my podcast house.com. The music of the Macho Man, Randy Savage, brings us in because he won our Facebook poll. Welshy, yes, who did he beat? He beat the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Lyle's not happy about it either. No, I'm not happy about that. Hello, Lyle. How you going, mate? Good. No, yeah, very disappointed, mate. I, that was actually my wedding song that what? I. I entered my reception da, 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 to the... Uh, da, da, da. No, Ric Flair. Not, no, that's not even close. No, the Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. Played. Well, so, uh, yeah, how's that go? That's, that's the of... theme from 2001, right. A Space yeah, Odyssey. Right. Yeah. Did you sell that to your wife by saying, look, it's like Elvis came out to this, or...? No, I just said, I'm a, you're marrying a wrestling fan. You have to take some lumps along the way. But that's all right, like the... Uh, my groomsman, is that what they're called? It was a long yeah, time no, ago. Your bridesmaid. Yeah, so <laughs> the guys in front of me, like one of my mates, he came out to the Rocks thing. Wow. A uh, guy behind him came out to the Big Shows thing. Do you drop the people's elbow on anyone? Is he... I was still behind. Cause, yeah. and, and then, yeah, we. Uh, I actually can't remember what the... So the only thing you chose for you, the only contribution you made to your whole wedding was choosing your own music for one, for you to walk out. I actually told my wife to make sure I got a ice cream sundae for dessert because I don't eat cake, and I chose the suit that I'd wear. So Fair Ric enough. Flair music was it a powder blue suit by any chance? No, I didn't go that far. I, I didn't get a haircut for it. Just... Were there people in the crowd with masks on? Well, no, no. Tony, you weren't invited. <laughs> No, I wasn't. It should have just been a whole wrestling theme wedding. It would have been. Uh, better. I would have been upset that I wasn't there then. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that actually would I have been. I haven't quite right. gotten over it as it is. <laughs> it was a done, different time. I could have done the ring announcing for you. you I, I had a friend do the. Ladies and gentlemen, that actually would have been all right. If we do our redo our wedding vows, Tone. No, I'm, not sec- I'm not going to be second choice. That's all right. I reckon I've got a second wedding in me. So. <laughs> 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 See how we go. Hey, guys, we've got a big show coming up today. Before we talk about that, though, uh, great interview with Adam Brooks last week. It, we could have gone anywhere, and it did. Well, I'm just glad. He told us before we went to air that he was driving home and could run out of petrol. Yeah. Uh, so we're just lucky that he got home in one piece. Well, we don't know because you're still driving. When well, I we saw finished. him on the weekend. Oh, okay, he got yeah, home. Oh, yeah, cool. Would have been entertaining if he ran out of petrol on the podcast. Though. Yeah. But, yeah, he had a great match on the weekend. Yeah. And, and- a 
big weekend this weekend coming. We'll speak about that in the second half of the show. Definitely. Speaking of wrestlers that have had great matches, I tell you what, this guy is just an absolute legend of Australian wrestling. Is this the... This would be the first time we've ever had a couple wrestling. No, no, we had a couple in consecutive weeks when we had Tome and Indy. Yeah, we this did is the too, second right. time is, we've had... Yeah. Ah, this is good. Exactly. In case you're not sure who we're talking about, we're talking about Cracker Jack, the mad bastard right here in the studio. How are you, Crackers? I'm feeling good. I made it here alive. Exactly. You've got a response to the uh, the marriage situation? Just Can we knock that over early so it's out of the way? Well, it depends. I mean, if Brooksy's just going to be coming back here to make a career, then, well, it gets right out the window. But if he's going back to the UK and having a more successful career than me, I'm going to remain hitched because he's my <laughs> ticket to the big time. And then when he gets signed, it'll be me sitting around on Total Divas with all the other women <laughs> while he's making a living. So that, that works just fine for me. Beautiful. So, uh, mate... 19 years in the business, I think, or thereabouts, 18, 19 years. Oh, take that, Do yeah. you sort of scratch your head and think, how the hell did I get here? Um, oh, I know how I got here, how I stayed here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a bit of a different question. Uh, I, I think I sort of had, I don't know, like some people have aspirations and stuff, and I just kind of got all caught up in trying to save the scene and uh, never left. Is that, is that your... Um like your biggest accomplishment or, you know, or sticking crushing around. regrets? No. <laughs> is, that, is that your big? Let's we get starting hard no, to begin with. Obviously, as fans, as like we are, like you know, we can personally thank guys like for you for holding on to what we're benefiting now with like the mini boom, or we're on the verge of something that we're not sure what's on the other side. Is that a do I personally claim responsibility for yes, where the business yes. is? Yes, I do. <laughs> I've been carrying this whole scene aloft on my uh, powerful shoulders for 20 years now. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's certainly... it's. Um, I feel like I'm part of something that is doing better than it has in my active memory. Mm. I mean, there was sort of like, as I was coming in, there were a couple of hot points where, you know, some shows were regularly drawing like five or 600 and we were wrestling at the casino for a while, which seemed pretty flash. But uh, it's certainly the quality of the shows is better than it's ever been. And the quality of the people running the shows is better than it's ever been. And I think some of us soldiers who sort of kept the vestigial scene alive during the dark days, I think, can take some credit for there being something for the next generation to build upon. Definitely been some dodgy people running wrestling shows in the past. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're one of them, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all made some bad business deals over the years. Uh, what's it been like sitting back and actually watching it for the last, uh, I don't know, is it almost 12 months? Uh, my retirement was December 2017, so I sort of stayed away from it for a while, and then um, someone bought me a ticket to the New Japan show, so I thought, I'll go to that, and that sort of whet my appetite. But uh, yeah, I've been doing live commentary at MCW for the last couple of months, and um, yeah, it's been nice. It's uh, They're good shows to watch. I've been stuck on commentary. Well, you'll identify with this, Tony. Yeah. I mean, we've all been stuck on commentary yes. for bad shows, and ha he didn't get all of that. Yeah. I've said that a few times tonight. What time does this finish? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he kicked out. Oh, this will never end. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, of all the shows... For me to be commenting, commentating on, it's a, it's a pretty sweet deal. Like, um, you know, they, they run a good show. It's an entertaining product. And okay. you're fitting in well with the three-man booth? 
Yes, I am. I was a bit worried about that, but um, I mean, Andy Coyne, Lord Andy Coyne, he's really good at his job. Yeah, and does the lion's share of, you know, the heavy lifting, remembering stats, where people wrestled, what belts, how tall. I can't remember that crap. I'm, a, I'm an emotions guy. Yeah. You know, that's a little, well, over the years, I've literally been the color guy. But uh, it's certainly in this context, I am. So it's, I just get to do the fun stuff, the, uh, you know, the, the, the former wrestler analysis type bit. Been showing a bit of emotion too recently in regards to the man who you've sort of trained as your protege, who was the man that finished it all for you. Yes, yes, it was. I, I created the thing that destroyed me, which, you know, is probably a, a pattern since I've been about 12. So, yeah, I'll write <laughs> that self destruction's been my jam. Uh, and for years, I've been trying to destroy my own career in wrestling, and ultimately, I had to create someone else to do the job yeah. for me. But I'll, I'll still call it a suicide career wise. But you're still proud, even though he did retire. You're still proud of the oh, man he's become? D- yes. I mean, if I can't, you know, in training up. Lockie Hendricks, uh, as he transmogrified into Loverboy, I think if he hadn't been able to put me away, that would have been a, you know, a damning indictment of the quality of the mentorship program. Like if I got like a guy good enough to beat me, my, my program's crap. So yeah, so that was that was that was vindicating in a way as well as being soul destroying. And some of the stuff that you and Lockie did over the journey was really fun. I know that I was show, uh, showing Lyle a video that I saw on your YouTube channel where Lockie was on his first date. Oh, the date videos were like I've I've been doing Bastard TV for about ten years. I started doing it with my brother for Wrestle Rock, and then I just sort of dusted it off whenever I wanted to do like a a proper narrative vignette, like a short film for wrestling. But the three dates we did for uh, Lockie, uh, date one with Avery, disaster. Date two with my sister Cracker Jill, uh, she considered it getting lucky. He felt violated. <laughs> uh, and uh, the third date, which was the musical with em- with Emily, which I was particularly proud of because it was the first wrestling musical I ever seen. <laughs> Uh, you've done some great vignettes, and I think one of the great series of vignettes you did were when you were stuck on a uh, a, a, a lone island or something. I was lost uh, at sea. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you get that stuff out? The the cracker. Um, I would just uh, put it on an SD card and throw it in a bottle into the ocean, <laughs> <laughs> and it would be you know washed up on the yeah, shore, yeah, and my uh, yeah. agent Colby Toggenberg would find it and edit it all together and upload it to the internet. So it's a wonderful time easy. to live in. I should have just brought a satellite dish with me. Yeah, but easier. <laughs> Would have been easier. You've had some great matches in your time. One of the questions that we've we've thrown a whole series of questions out to our listeners. One is your best match. Who who do you see as your greatest favorite opponent? Favorite opponent. Like, yeah. Who would you have that chemistry with? Oh, um, like in terms of best chemistry. Like I know you kind of got to wrestle guys a few times to get that. I think. Uh, I've wrestled Mad Dog McRae yeah. a lot of times. He was my uh, introduction into deathmatch wrestling. Uh, I was running a show and we had uh, a little bit of freedom to make it kind of violent. And I'm like, oh, maybe we'll do like a, a pit of thumbtacks and a pit of light tubes. And he's like, you should just make all the ropes barbed wire. I'm like, oh, look, surely we should build to that on subsequent shows. He's like, mate, we could both die in this match. Let's just do it the first time. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the Mad Dog, dog. philosophy like across dog. the board, you know die today because you might not get another chance to die tomorrow <laughs> so uh, yeah certainly in terms of bloodletting he'd be the guy uh, had some great matches with Lobo early days do you know I only think I wrestled him once oh really is that all yeah at like a, a crappy little house show at PCW in front of about 50 people and I think we Gee, were both so furious more, yeah. at the crappy draw that we destroyed the venue yeah. instead 
there was like an adjoining office for the whole company attached to that. We brawled through there, hitting each other with filing cabinets and stuff. Afterwards, the promoter was like, you know, if you had a problem with the company, you could have just told me. And Lobo was like, no, nah, it was easy to just wreck joint. So, <laughs> but yeah, probably only one match. There you go. Yeah, yeah we didn't overlap that much okay so i mean lobo had sort of his strongest run probably about 2000 yeah 2001 and then he was done give or take a couple yeah. of drop-ins since and i really only like ascended to the main event like i started wrestling in 99 2000 but i wasn't sort of considered main event caliber till like mm. mid to late 2000s which is surprising uh, I had to wait for a couple of really talented guys to retire or die for me to mess them up. <laughs> everyone, when I was coming in, everyone was like, Spike Steel, Spike Steel, Spike Steel. Uh, and he was an amazing worker, and then he just couldn't stand the scene and walked off into the sunset, and so yeah. I stepped up to his spot. So it, Lobo retired, and he was also a hardcore guy, yeah. so I kind of stepped up into his spot. So, I mean, you know, there's only so many spots on the best shows, and when those guys were tearing it down in the main event, I was, you know, cutting my teeth in the mid card the other one of the other questions that we got from our listeners and this will show you the kind of people that we have listening to the show <laughs> uh, they want to know how would you like to solve Australia's power crisis oh uh, ooh, clearly some sort of national treadmill system seems like the logical way to do it you know I, I, I look at the, uh, the adipose flesh hanging from bodies around in public and I think we should just every desk should have a couple of pedals underneath it or something like that yeah. we could be generating our own electricity and childhood obesity would be gone Yes, I mean the other option is the the matrix system of just uh, hooking everyone up like car batteries <laughs> on solar power. Just put yeah, solar yeah. panels on everyone's roof. Yeah, a couple of jump leads on everyone's nipples, yeah. and the, the latent electromagnetic power in the human body will power appliances. It's I'm a sweet deal. Yeah, I mean I'm clamping my nipples for fun. Might as well generate some electricity. <laughs> out of it. Uh, I remember. Did you? Wrestle for Jeff Jarrett, or as a judge for was it TNA came to Australia or I something? I wrestled in front of Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. So yes, that's what it is. I met him a couple in a of private times. room. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. He wanted me to wear socks, but no boots. It was really, really weird. weird. That is He's like, weird. Get them socks with the yeah. suspenders at the top of the yeah, calves. That's weird. I didn't want to argue with the man. Uh, no, no, no. They. Um, TNA, uh, Total Nonstop Action, was looking at running a tour down here um, probably about 10 years ago. Something in Sydney, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and they had, um, they called it a casting call. I think, in retrospect, what it really was was just a big PR exercise. Because they had the media there. It was Martin Place in the Sydney CBD. And I'd already been in town for a show, and it was meant to fly out for another show, and they announced this, and I went, this is my chance for stardom. So I cancelled my flight. I, no, I rebooked my flight for later on, and then I just slept in a park for three days because <laughs> I had no accommodation. I alternated between the park, and when it got too ho cold and the hobos got a bit knifey, I stayed in a 24-hour internet cafe under mcdonald's uh, and you'd be amazed at how you can you know fill an entire night at an internet yeah, cafe no, time. you just drink heavily and i tell you what the internet in the hands of a drunk is more dangerous than a rifle yeah uh but uh, i went along to the tryouts and I, uh, yeah i think it was really just a cattle call like it was a combination of some of the best talent from around australia some of the worst talent from around australia and some of just the non-talent like guys who never even wrestled and just turned up to sort of get a look in uh are you there lyle no, I think I might have missed that. It might have been in a different park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't a bad experience. 
I, I know I had a good match. I almost destroyed my penis in that match, which was a lot of fun. Wow. It's, uh, you know, like Triple H gets out of the ring sometimes where he goes over the top rope, sort of does a hand, uh, one-handed handstand on the apron and drops over. I, I, I won my match and was feeling pretty cocky, and I went, all right, now I'm going to oh, get out of the ring and look like a cool guy. And as I slid over the top rope, somehow my wang got trapped between my body and the rope, oh. and it felt like... You have, you ever, have you ever stomped on a tube of toothpaste? Oh. It felt like all my organs had shot at the end. <laughs> you, you weren't feeling cocky anymore. No, I wasn't. I, I felt like it had exploded like the head of a daffodil. And I just sort of fell to the apron and had to maintain my composure in front of Jeff Jarrett and Christy Himmier, the judges. So I'm like, ha, I'm fine. I'm just going to take a walk across the road to the toilets in the food court and frantically rummage around in my tights for blood. <laughs> and, uh, everything was fine, except no one got signed. The whole tryout thing was a big work. And I think... The last vestiges of the tour idea got swallowed up by the Hulkamania tour, yeah. which was announced shortly afterwards, and then they merged, you know, Hogan and Bischoff and all that came into TNA. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there were ever any contracts. Some guys said they got signed. I'm not saying you weren't, if you're listening, but I don't know that they had any intention of, you know, organizing visas for people, like as if they could yeah. organize visas for a bunch TNT of TNT would have been a chance to get somebody. Yep. Yeah. I certainly had the experience. I yeah. think it was, was it his ring? He was certainly helping running the tryouts on the day. He probably decided who won the matches. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was like, look, pair up and put a match together. And I frantically looked around for someone who wasn't shit. And I think there was a guy called Obi Cartel yeah. from Queensland. Like, you, come here. You can be the straight man to my colour and we'll work. Would it be fair to say that you're probably the most travelled wrestler in Australia? Uh, not anymore. I think maybe a few years ago that might have been the case. I used to drive around heaps, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, I'm too much of a superstar for doing this. I'm not going unless you fly me. And that immediately cuts out all the, the sort of penny-ante, rinky-dink operations who can't afford to fly you, or the, uh, the well-organized, properly professional companies that know they will never make the money back on that flight, yeah. and they're too good at business to waste it on you. Uh, so in the last few years, up until my retirement, I didn't travel so much at all. Um, but back when I was starting, like flights were super expensive. It would be, you know, yeah. nine guys crammed into a panel van for yeah. twelve hours or something like that. And these are some big guys too. Yeah. Some of them, yeah, <laughs> yes. And of course, I'd never be driving, and Mad Dog would never be driving. So some poor sod is driving us while we drink like lunatics all the way in and out of city. But I tell you what, it it is one of the funnest things to do is to go on the road with the wrestling crew, good for, fun for good three fun or four trip. days and and just hit country towns and stuff. It, it is a good fun thing. How long? How long is it fun, and then it starts to wear on you, and it's not fun anymore? I never did more than a few days in a row. Yeah, um, That's you know, a I trick. Just, yeah, I think um, like I know IWA in Sydney. They're uh, they're traditionally the the road trip business model. A lot of other companies operate more on sort of a, like an online narrative type system, and you know. Uh, consecutive storylines whereas they'd just be house show in a town house show in a town house show in a town no continuity and so that people would ride along and I only did a couple I did the Ute muster for them a few years ago it was sold to me as you'll be wrestling in front of 20,000 people and there were 20,000 people there during my match facing the opposite direction as they watched the grand final on the big screens before uh. Barnsley came out for his final <laughs> set so I played before 20,000 backs of heads it wasn't yeah. quite the same not bad it's still 20,000 heads. That's it's right. a gig. I'm claiming it. It's <laughs> going down to my, my, my record crowd. Uh, wrestling at the moment, we spoke about it earlier on to an extent. Later on. Uh, later on or we spoke about it earlier on? 
I'm not sure. No, when you when you mentioned oh, okay. in regards to are you the man that's responsible for wrestling where it's at at the moment, where do you think wrestling's at at the moment? Are we, are we on the precipice of something big? For a long time, I never, ever, ever believed that Australian wrestling would make it. I think uh, a lot of us who sort of came in, like we all missed the golden age, or I certainly did. Uh, I didn't watch wrestling on TV, you know, festival hall days. I, I wasn't born till 79, so I sort of missed all that. Uh so in our age, we like I was a fan of the local stuff at the height of, say, the Attitude Era in NWO. Yeah. So shows were drawing well, but really only by so in many ways by association with the American product. Like the scene was hot globally, and we were able to piggyback off that. I don't know that it was a lot of savvy marketing mm. capitalizing on it. It was just local talent coming out in NWO shirts yep. and carny crap like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so carny. So, I mean, certainly where we're at now, the quality is the most, like, world standard I think we've had. Like, sort of when I was coming in, it was unheard of for a guy to go over to the States and wrestle a bunch of shows. And it was even less heard of for a talent to come here. If you were lucky, you'd mm. get a, you know, on the downswing talent come out and you get a smash from demolition or something uh yeah i mean that was a whole tour of those sort of guys although a lot of them would go back to wwe like they weren't all mm. on the way down it'd be more like smash coming out now which i'd be totally down for i would have loved to wrestle demolition but uh yeah it would sort of there'd be one talent and a whole tour would be built around them, like raven would come out or yeah. someone like that or steve carino uh whereas what's sort of happened in the last 10 years is you've got guys you've got that's sort of so hot right now talent coming out here. Like Will. Like, exactly. Like Will Ospreay. Uh, you know, like um, Austin Aries. The, the, the sort of the, the hot guys who are sort of not signed to a major level, but there's interest behind them. Will's an excellent example. Ricochet, he came out here a couple of years ago as well. Uh, you know, a lot of the New Japan talent are obviously very cool right now. So you're getting guys who are, you know, either in their prime or on the upswing. And we sort of had that, like, maybe 12 years ago with one of those international assaults that had, like, Daniel Bryan on it and stuff like that. But what you're getting now is a situation in which our guys are able to and allowed to hang with those talents. Whereas normally it would be these tours would feature an undercard of Australian talent, yeah. and then you'd get, you know, Billy Gunn versus Kidman in the main event or something like that. Uh, whereas now it's it's diverse. The, you know, our guys wrestling the international talent. It's the same... Um, uh, you know, uh, there was just another ECW tour through Battle Championship Wrestling, and they brought out like Tajiri and RVD mm. and Sabu, and they're all wrestling the Australians. It's not segregated, and I think people think that our guys can hang. Our guys are going over and training at the Chikara School, at the Ring of Honor School, um, over for Progress. The Progress guys and their tour over here recently, working with local promotions, is a perfect example of flavor of the month, hottest guys unsigned right now. Getting to wrestle local talent like equals. We've not had that since... I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm assuming we've not had that since the 60s and 70s. Mm. I don't know if we had in the 70s that much. I think a lot of the talent that we had in the 70s was were guys that had moved over here on, on effectively a full-time basis. I don't know if we had the... Well, they came the out for of movement. Yeah, we didn't have the movement of guys just coming in for you know two or three shows and then heading back. Yeah, unless you were Mario Milano, you weren't yeah. a star locally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not that any of us are sort of that level yet but that's more you know wrestling in general isn't that level yet and who are your favorite guys to watch at the moment uh, that you think can actually take that next step 
locally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, the three obvious guys who are getting a lot of hype at the moment, um, Jonah Rock from Adelaide, he's getting a lot of work at the you know, bowler tournament and overseas, uh, Robbie Eagles as well, uh, Adam Brooks, they both benefited very much from getting the rub from Will Ospreay when he was out. But they were both doing sort of world-class work anyway. Um, let me see. Uh, I think one thing that can be sort of the dividing line is what's hot right now. And what's certainly hot right now is that sort of superhuman, transcendent athleticism that can do those 25-minute... I mean, you know, like we saw with Slex and Will Ospreay at uh, MCW 100 wow. a couple of months ago. Yeah, that sort of dazzling, will this match never end, you know... Yeah. Uh, no, 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 oh my God, there's another spot that's even more death-defying than the previous one. There's a cleanness to it that I think separates it from a lot of that sort of... You know, some people call it super indie. I, I don't use that as a pejorative, but, you know, that sort of super indie style. Incredibly athletically dense wrestling and i think anyone locally who could sort of hang at that level so the brooksies and the um dowie james and uh slicks and all those guys they're the guys who possibly have the best chance of getting over over there like in england or in the us or in japan with that style uh in terms of guys who work sort of a more colorful style uh well i'm done now but uh you know lover boy is sort of filling that hole uh mr juicy is obviously making good inroads in japan and stuff and he's a good example of a guy who can go but is also a, a strong character rather than just a work rate machine i think the opportunity also for our women too is oh the uh, women it's a totally it's, yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. amazing time to, to be a women's wrestler in Australia. Like when I think when I came in, it was Sherry Sinatra was sort yes. of on her final lap of the scene. She's still working at the pizza shop down in Footscray? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'll put her over in a second. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you know, she was... You, you Just that age gap. There was her, and then, I mean, I think, you know, there are a handful of women like Amy Action and yeah. Shannon and Paige, I think, were the other ones that yeah. used to sort of wrestle for the shows we started on together, Tony. Whereas now it's... Um, there's a real, there's like a, a, an actual career path, which I think is the other huge difference from when I was starting out the idea. The other side of the world was literally and metaphorically the other side of the yes, world. Correct, yeah. The WWE couldn't have been further away. It was Mars. Yeah, it, yeah, it might as well have been space. Yeah, it was that far away. Whereas now we're here, they're there. The, the whole thing's much more connected. You can, you know, you can start training in Melbourne and then you can go and you can spend some time training under Madison Eagles in Sydney and from there she can hook you up with a booking at Shine or Shimmer in the US and from there you can be seen by talent scouts who work for the WWE and you know bingo bango it's not that easy but it's feasible that you find yourself on NXT yeah and it's just that sort of career path it's you know obviously not I am 100% not saying easier for the women than the men but uh it feels like there's maybe more opportunity yeah. just because cool. there's uh, the bars, the poles have shifted as far as you know the broader scenes and the mainstream industry's willingness to accept women as equal athletes to men, which has not been the case for a long time. Mm. And I think that that sort of created an explosion and this sensation around it that makes it you know it's an exciting time to be a wrestler in general. Coming in, God, oh, if I was coming in now. 15 years from now, I would be a thousand times better than the wrestler I became after 15 years in the scene just because the environment that you're coming into now is so much more supportive and nurturing of the next generation. You touched on uh, Madison Eagles with her training school and getting the female talent to a wider audience. You want to touch on your involvement in the MCW Academy and uh, yeah. training the newer talent coming in. Well, this is the support you were talking about. 
for these young guys coming through. Yeah, it's different. And that's not to say that I didn't have people giving me advice coming in. But I think, uh, look, firstly, I think the newer generation is far more respectful to the talent that came before than my generation ever was. I think there was such an age gap, like, you know, we'd be coming in at 16 or 18, and then the previous generation were like 40. And these sort of gruff old guys from a different world. So I think culturally there was a a huge separation between us. And then, you know, they weren't interested in helping us, and then we were like disrespectful in in a reciprocal way. And it just created a culture where there wasn't a lot of, you know, besides George Julio and a handful of others, there wasn't a lot of helping the next generation up. Well, the biggest thing about back in those days, though, was that kayfabe was such a strong thing in the dressing rooms, wasn't it? There really wasn't that willingness to want to share the business with the younger guys. It was, you know, we know it, you've got to learn it. They want their spot too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I can't speak for... I mean, the first locker room I was in was the one I came into where you were, Tony, where Mario Milano yep. was still there. And um, and you had the guys like, uh, you know, like the, the war dog, Frank yep. Carpenter and stuff yep. like that. And they weren't necessarily hostile, but to like a skinny kid, these were you know, scary old foreign-looking men playing cards in their underpants and, um, and, and, and not necessarily welcoming to a bunch of scared yeah. kids. And I don't know if there was reticence to share that information because they thought I'd rush up and take their spot. I don't think for a second that those guys thought I was even capable of that. Like, they, they were you know, from a different generation. Their wrestling was from a different generation. They didn't rate what we were bringing to the table to begin with. So, But I think... Um, that's definitely different now. Yeah, maybe a different standoffishness, but I think right now we sort of realise that you've always got to cultivate new people to work with. It can't just be me and Mad Dog and Dowie working yeah. endlessly together. You've got to get exciting new people, and you sort of see the attitude of guys who've been around now. They see someone like Stevie Philippe coming in or Mark Cage or something, and they go, this kid's exciting. I want to work with him. After he comes back from his match, you will give them unsolicited advice. And often you don't have to because they'll come to you and ask for their suggestions and stuff. So you can sort of cultivate that next generation. Um, and that's what we're trying to do with the MCW Academy. I mean, there's obviously lots of places to train around Australia and lots in Melbourne. And I'm not going to sort of run down anything that they do. I will say hands down that anything I'm doing is better than what they're doing. But what I'm mainly doing is I'm leaning more to my strengths. So I'm sort of helping teach people how to you know, cut promos, how to develop engaging characters, how to tell stories that make sense, and how to connect that idea directly to what they do in the ring. Because in my mind, they're inseparable. I don't think they're two separate lessons. I think the, the yeah. psychology you bring to your character and what you do and what you feel out there, it links directly to the moves you're cutting. Matt, it's been an enthralling half an hour or so with you oh, flew by. I know we could <laughs> feeding him do two hours and we might get you in another time down the track to, to do that and, uh, and explore it a little bit further but thank you so much on, on what uh, I'm going to thank you also for what was a fantastic career a lot of us some of us hope there's another match or so it's uh, yes there's a lot of excitement for another match uh, my lawyer is working night and day to find a loophole in my Australian Legends contract, <laughs> we haven't found it yet, so it's it's an ongoing process. But unfortunately, yet yeah, it gives me a tremendous amount of power, but it also sanctioned my retirement to begin with. Enjoy your your spot as a commentator. I think you do it very well. I do. I enjoy it. It's weird having it not be all about me. So oh no, you're making it about you. Don't worry about that. I'll, sure I'll find a way. It's still gonna. It's still about me. Let's not kid ourselves. And thanks for spending some time with us on our little podcast here. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Good on you, Cracker Jack, much. the Mad Bastard, joining us here on the Turnbuckle. We'll be back with more in just a tick.
Welcome back. The music of Daniel Bryan bringing us in to our second half. Uh, the reason for that, well, she... Does there have to be a reason? No, not really. The answer is yes, 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 yes. yes. No, yes. no, no. No. Oh, okay. Hey, guys, you went to Melbourne City Wrestling on the weekend, uh, their show out at Essendon. Uh, what was that like? It was a fun show, Lyle. Yeah, no, I had a, had a cracking time. I was uh, undecided whether to go to that show or pick to watch the Collingwood game on the Collingwood result. I'm glad I went to the MCW show. But it was, it was a cracking game. Yeah, I know I missed a good game, but there's a couple of really good matches in there that I don't think they... I don't think I missed out on the football. I I thought, look, because I wasn't sure... I thought it would be like a, a reasonable show, but there was a couple of matches that really got the crowd pumped, and it was a big crowd for Essendon. Yep. The match between... Uh, the, the main event was really enjoyable... Uh, the Survivor, Survivor series, series match, and that could have been a, um, a look, it could have been awful, but it was a good fun match. Dowie James worked his butt off. Oh, I hope he got paid twice because it basically he got killed. <laughs> they bumped him around the ring that much for a team that's got five guys and they should share the workload. He actually did overtime, and they had a new bar at Melbourne City Wrestling. Yeah. They started a new bar in the Essendon venue. It didn't take long for Robbie Eagles to climb on top of it and then <laughs> jump onto a group of unsuspecting heel wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> Glad they caught him. It looked amazing from where we were standing. You know, we couldn't we couldn't see a hundred percent visually of it, but we seen the the leap. We and, could, didn't see the landing a hundred percent, but it looked it looked amazing. Mm. And Lyle managed to hold it together, but Brooksy's comeback match against Stevie Philippe. It was everything we wanted. It was a blow-away match of the night, Did I thought. Did you catch up with him? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you actually. may have thrown some C-bombs our way. Yeah. <laughs> in a, in a, a nice cannon. way. He's a loose cannon. <laughs> He's a loose... That's a term of endearment well, from a Brooksy. speaking of Brooksy, that takes us into our next topic, which is PWG and their Battle of LA, and the fact that we've got some great Aussie talent going on to that card. So that's this week, isn't it, Lyle? Yeah, that's this weekend, the 14th to the 16th. Uh, yeah, you got Robbie Eagles, Adam Brooks, and Jonah Rock. So two of our former guests yeah. on the Battle of Los Angeles. We've just got to get Jonah for the set. And I think there's every chance an Australian wins this tournament. I think Brooksy's a chance. Yeah, I, th- I actually do. Or, you know, if they love the- any one of them could actually win it. And I know PWG, they like to be at the forefront of the next boom or the next um independent uh superstars and this tournament has been a star maker oh 100 percent. if you if you went through the the list like if you checked wikipedia and checked the list of former winners which i probably should have done but i haven't well we don't prep for this show so it's all right but yeah they there is uh there's plenty of stars that have gone on to bigger and better things on the back of winning a bowler well, we prep so little that i tend to just um yeah, message people, listeners, and say, like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> That's true, you do. He also asks them, all his guest questions come from the listeners as well. He does no prep work, Tony. Well, Cracker Jack appreciated some of those questions that you threw right. at him. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> uh, Monday Night Raw, 
No, um, I thought we were talking about unpopular opinions. Of oh, wrestling. sorry, yes, we are too. Which I uh, was trying to segue to because I asked it online. No, a lot of your opinions are unpopular. Well, basically, most of... If you've listened to the show, you know that most of my opinions are unpopular. But some of them that we got from listeners was... Uh, Luke McKenna said, Steve Austin's overrated. What? <laughs> I, actually, when I, when it was in uh, Steve Austin's heyday, the, one of the main reasons that I was a major Mick Foley or Mankind fan was I was... Steve Austin was pushed down our throats and I was a bit more um, anti the push guy so i went with mankind so i understand what he's saying i don't think he's underrated as a worker he's a very good worker well daniel shanahan said that james ellsworth great wrestler should have got a championship run well you know david shanahan yeah he's the high performance manager at i think Baseball it might have Victoria. been a daniel shanahan yeah daniel daniel you said damien nah. no i said daniel no you said damien twice oh well i meant daniel <laughs> And Julian Gotzalo's unpopular opinion, TNA 2005 to 2010, better than the Attitude Era. <laughs> Can I give you an unpopular opinion? Well, you always do. Vince McMahon knows what he's doing. Uh, uh, he used to. Well, if you're a stockholder, you would 100% agree with that. Mm. If, you, if you had shares in the company. If you're a fan. If you're a fan. Maybe not. Know. If you're a Roman Reigns fan, you think that he knows what he's doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lyle? Have you got one? You like to be Mr. Popular, so this is going to be difficult. Yeah, I had, to, I had to dig deep. I don't actually like to, yeah, like you said, be unpopular or go against the grain. Well, hey, I've got some news for you. But uh, my one might be a little bit too far, and I hope it's. <laughs> hope I'm not shooting Bambi here when I say this. You still like the what chant? Uh, what? You still like the what chant? Is that what your popular, unpopular opinion is? What? 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 <laughs> now, mine is that um, The Undertaker is overrated. Oh, what? See, what? No, are you doing the chant now? Or you... No, no, I'm just, no, I'm actually shocked. Reasoning? Why, why would you say that? The reasoning, his matches are boring. Oh. <laughs> Unless he's in there with a Shawn Michaels. That can actually bump around for Undertaker him. now, yes. No, I just, I don't the know. The Ministry of Darkness Undertaker was freaking amazing. I must say, the most move that I've ever been during Undertaker stepping into the ring was when he hugged Ric Flair in his farewell. And that was after the show had finished. And that, <laughs> he, you Look, know. I would have agreed with you when he was doing that uh, American Badass gimmick because I... Used to actively be annoyed when he'd come to the ring. That <laughs> could have just been the limp biscuit. I was about to say, hey, Adam Brooks likes that song. <laughs> of course. But um, who's the Undertaker's greatest match? Oh, uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, you know the Giant from yeah, WrestleMania. Gonzalez. Yeah, Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> well, which finished, he had some stinkers. Which finished with some chloroform to the face. Listen, I, I'm telling you, if we went through his big match history, he'd have more stinkers than he'd have good ones. <laughs> okay. And half the good ones will be with Shawn Michaels. You, you know what? You, you could be right, though, because when people are continually saying, I am so looking forward to The Undertaker's entrance. But that's, cause <laughs> that's, that's because no, that's all they're looking forward to. That's, no, but that's all they're looking forward to. That's fine. Yeah, they right. haven't said, I'm yeah. looking forward to the fight between him and... And no Triple one, H. I'm not yeah. They're all just saying, that, I'm no. looking forward to his entrance. I'm just talking from his 
matches. I don't mind the smoke and mirrors and the lightning bolts. I can look past that. I'm a wrestling so fan. So where obviously. can people find you on Twitter, Lyle? Uh, <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> I I enjoy the character. I just think his wrestling can sometimes be boring. I don't think we've got time for mine, have we? No, no, quick one. All right, my quick one is probably CM Punk is the most overrated person in the history of WWE, only because people think he should have got more. And I think that WWE got exactly the right amount out of CM Punk, and I'm not particularly interested in seeing him come back. Yeah, I I think we look through rose-coloured glasses when we talk about him, because he did leave abruptly and he hadn't... He didn't outstay his welcome, so it's like, oh, yeah, it'd be good, so good to... Back, but Charlotte's also terrible. Do I have to care? I've got lots of these opinions. Well, just listen to any other week or next week. <laughs> it'll come up. Well, well, this could become a regular segment, actually. So if you've got any that you want to hit us up with... Oh, you could have let Facebook. me lead to Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I could have built to that one. You've got nothing to go with now. <laughs> no, that's it. It's all over. Uh, send us a message on our Facebook page on the Turnbuckle on Facebook, and uh, we'd love to hear your unpopular wrestling opinions. Which will be Lyle's new segment. He's got oh, to come with one. I don't know where I go. Do I have to... Yeah, next week I have, have to, to say build. that Vince McMahon is racially sensitive. Is that where I have to go next week? I don't think I can say that. Uh, well, no, I don't think you can, actually, because we, we want a semblance of truth about it. Yeah, I don't want to lie just to beat my previous week. Uh, let's go to Monday Night Raw, boys. And, uh, of course, it's sort of a uh, build-up now, isn't it, towards Hell in a Cell? It is. It is. And I only watched bits and pieces of Raw, I'll be honest with you, this week. I had it on in the background. I didn't have a... Uh, what my... were you doing in the foreground? Was just writing and looking cool. after my kids and reading to them for their homework and stuff like that. Um, I think I made the better choice. The The... Bella stuff, I'm... I'm man. Nah. Look, the, the progression of the storyline with Braun and, and The Shield, it's okay. Uh, I don't know if it's a feud I want to see for a long time. Have they gone to court yet? Well, no, the judge let them out last week. Uh, yeah, but if you, if you had a look closely, Dean Ambrose, he was talking to the Chief, and he was G. Ambrose. So, it could be something there. He might... It might be his uncle or something. What I didn't like was um, the having Mick come out and then make a match and then give, put himself a special guest referee for the main event at uh, Hell in a Cell. Yeah, but it was the 20th anniversary of him and The Undertaker. I don't care. Like, that was a great match, but why is he going to ruin this Overrated, according to Lyle. No, well, The Undertaker, yes, but he doesn't overrate Mick. Look, I don't... I don't need to see an out-of-shape Mick Foley fumbling around as a special guest referee. You said to go to wrestling down here three, two months ago. Well, that'll cost me too much money. Yeah. My only worry is when you've got Mick Foley there, obviously when you have a guest referee, you want them to do things you want them to do. He shouldn't be doing anything in the ring. He'd barely be able to get to one knee for the three count. You know, yeah. whether I'm worried that they're going to... Bump him or something. I don't think he's allowed to get bumped. No, not touch so, so what's the? I understand the sentiment in the twenty years, but if the referee actually can't play into the match, there's no payoff for a special guest referee who can't be touched. Yeah, so that that's my only worry. I did think he, when he's passionate about something, his his promos can come across really well, and 
But it was that, yeah, like you said, it was that awkwardness of him trying to be passionate and stay relevant, and he wanted to be involved, and he and asked was Stephanie, Stephanie letting him? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He was the incompetent general manager she had to fire. Yeah, and then he had to, I don't know, awkwardly make a match. And Lucky Jay's not here. He'd be furious at this. <laughs> also had the, uh, we had two WWE legends appear on Raw, with uh, Triple H responding, of course, to The Undertaker. That's building into a nice little... They're building it well. Yeah. They are building it well. Lyle doesn't want to see it. I want to see the entrance, Tony. (laughs) 70,000 people and all the lights go out at the G. That'll give me goosebumps. Don't get me wrong. Both entrances. But if I'm there standing on my feet chanting fight forever, ironically, (laughs) you'll understand why. Well, because they have been. Did you know they've cancelled the uh, the day after the grand final was always the open day at the G, where people could go in and walk on the ground and have a kick and all that sort of stuff. Been cancelled so they could get the ring ready for the following I, Sunday. I wouldn't know. I've always got a hangover that day. Yeah, I'm hoping they would have a real big one always this year. Always got one. It's been one for last one year. I know. I mean, <laughs> traditionally I'd have one anyway because it's on a Sunday. Smackdown, boys. I tell you what, Brie Bella versus Maurice, main event anywhere in the world. <laughs> Why do the Bellas, why do they change their ring gear? Oh, they wear red on a Monday night, and they wear blue on... Is that just sh- going straight to the crowd? Oh, it seems like a cheap pop, that. I don't know. Well, the yeah. crowd don't care if they're at SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, but even Daniel Bryan, he's wearing blue. You know, that's not why I'm cheering him. Get back in the maroon. Yeah, I'm not cheering him. I'm, I'm a Miz guy. Yeah, we know that. At, mm. You watch at... Super Showdown, Miz will come out, and I'll be on my feet. Daniel Bryan will come out, and I'm just going to be doing no chance. Are you a big Miz fan? Because I remember, I don't know how, it might have been five or six years ago, he came out to the Rod Laver Arena, and he had a Richmond jumper on, and he was trying to get heat. I I was already a Miz fan. I've been a Miz fan since everyone hated him because he couldn't wrestle. When, when When Daniel Bryan, when he was Daniel Bryan's mentor, even though... Daniel Bryan, before signing with WWE, won Wrestler of the Year. I was already a Miz fan because he was entertaining. Yeah, he has always been entertaining. You go, you go way back when he was on The Real World. When, when he, he couldn't watch that. I, I've never watched that show, but I'll, um, he's he's a reasonable wrestler now, as at least yeah, he is. But he was it was hard to like him in the ring at stages. No, I thought he, I, I think he's gotten better, and he's he understands his character and his character in the ring. He's and actually he's the best at it. Yeah, he's really good. The May Young Classic, guys. Uh, what did you think of uh, the Ashley Rain and uh, Mercedes Martinez? She's a hard-looking woman, Martinez. That hasn't aired yet, Tony. I haven't seen it. Oh, hasn't it? No. Okay. I have seen none of this. Spoiler alert. I watched the first week. Rhea Ripley's match was pretty good. Uh, I like the change in her character. She's, it's, she's not a light version of Charlotte anymore. She's her own thing. And... The main event was not bad as well, but I think that the first round matches of the May Young Classic is usually a slow burn, and the last few matches should be really good. They're not just releasing them all out in bulk like they did last no, year. No, I think I think it's weekly. So that, that's a good way. So when this drops, this episode, the second, uh, the Martinez match may have aired. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Tony's ahead of the game. He's just googling the results. Oh, okay. There, apparently, there's a uh, an American Ninja Warrior girl. There is on there as well, uh, Casey 
Catanzaro. Yeah, she's been signed for the Performance Centre as well, so she'll be on NXT at some stage. And you'll like her. She's quite attractive, which is all you look for in a female wrestler. Tony? That's a bit condescending. It's about the truth. <laughs> Not condescending. It's true. <laughs> Could take you for... Uh... It can't be defamation when it's true. But it's not true. It's not the only thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> a big part of it, but it's not the only thing. He's from uh, a different generation. Hell in the cell this Sunday, guys. I'm actually starting to warm to it. So am I. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the um, yeah, AJ and Joe. Yeah, that's been a good story. Yeah, I, and the, the storybook. That Joe brought out this week, yes, <laughs> that was an that was amazing. <laughs> he's he's very intense, Joe, yeah. and everything he's doing at the moment is super creepy. Yeah, very very creepy. So um, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that match. Um, I, I'm looking forward to Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah, I, I think that'll be uh, that'll be good. I'm actually interested in a Roman Reigns match. As well, which is weird. And the uh, Rusev Day have got a title shot. It'll probably be on the pre-show, but <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Rusev Day. Yeah, Aiden English is good. He gets everything over. He'll be singing for the whole pre-show. I don't know about that. <laughs> and uh, WWE released the names for this year's version of uh, yes. 2K. Yeah, well, you, you got all, all the old guys that Tony would remember. Flair and Steamboat. Brutus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah. You got got, uh, Dusty Rhodes, Savage, Bam Bam Bigelow, which I'm uh, I'm keen on There's some names that that aren't there, though. uh, I I really hope that Champa went to the office and said, don't put me in the game. I don't want any kids liking me. Did you see what he said on Twitter? Yeah. He said, I don't lose in real life. And there's no way I'm losing on your fantasy video games. <laughs> but Murphy's not in the game. Yeah, that's very, very disappointing. I th- no Ricochet. Yeah. No Nikki Cross. I reckon this is a download. There'll be a download pack. Yeah, that, that'd have to. Yeah, I mean, the game and the scans, they could have been previously no, done. Hulk. Ricochet hasn't been. I thought Hulk would be in there. Yeah, maybe he didn't apologise enough yet. Uh, it might be that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But, but with, with a lot of the lot of these guys, it's the um, no honky tonk man. That's what? disappointing. That's disappointing. They're, yeah, the the franchise 2K generally sign the talent, and it's not a WWE uh, yeah. deal. Ran so yeah, I, maybe they just didn't want to touch the Hulk Hogan thing. But you know, you got the other NWO NWO guys. Someone will make a good and version someone will make a good version. Uh, Take me through this next thing on the run now, because I've got no idea what you're talking about. Uh, one Fall Entertainment turning their hand to wrestling promotion at Studio Superstars. Did you see this, Lyle? Oh, I did, actually. Uh, actually, interested to see. They'll be, they'll be taping on Wednesday nights. I think Wednesdays we could make that. Wednesdays and Thursdays, so we can yeah. make Thursdays. We could go straight after here, Tony, unless you make no, us it record it. at 8, so... 8? Yeah. Oh, we might be out. Maybe might... we can record there. Yeah, that'd be all right. Someone from One Fall hit us up. Unless Tony wants to record at 11pm for some unknown reason. We might miss tonight. it. <laughs> um, no, but 30 bucks a ticket on a on a Thursday and Wednesday night, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what they get there. But it is in the heart of the city at RMIT. Yeah. 
and I've seen the. They first... have a happy hour around that time, or yeah, yeah. Good work. Uh, Pitt and Slater, I know, have been signed for the. For yeah, the I've seen show. I've seen a few now, like Gino, Sid. Yeah, there's a. So there's some good work. Really good talent. So yeah. yeah. Hats off to him. Good luck. All right, let's go through all the upcoming local shows because there is a lot happening around Australia. The 14th of September, PCW Slam at Ferntree Gully. The 15th of September, PCW Ignition at Ferntree Gully. It's back after a week off. Uh, Queensland Wrestling Alliance are in Townsville. They've got the Battle for the Farmers, where $2 for a movie ticket will be donated. That's a fantastic little cause. Adelaide Championship Wrestling Evolve is in prospect. Tickets from $10 there. I think I accidentally left that in from last week. So Cool. That's not on at uh, Prospect. Adelaide Championship Wrestling Evolve. That has finished. Spoiler alert. New Valhalla have their debut show in Brisbane. Indy Hartwell and Kellyanne Wrestling on the show. That's Sunday the 16th of September. No, Mayhem. That was the Saturday. Sunday's the next lot. I need to do this outlay better. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, the 16th of September, Mayhem Wrestling presents their first show, It's My First Day, in RD, in Ardea, I should say, uh, JXT and Big Rig are the promoters, and we would love for them to get uh, as much support as we can. So uh, there'll be prizes for the best fan sign, and if you wear a JXT top, are you a chance to win something? Oh, you have to ask JXT, I'm sure. You should wear a Shebeki shirt, because he will mark out over that more. That's a good point, too. Yeah, But uh, we're going to be going to that. Well, I'm going to that. Yep, yeah. I'm going to be going to that. Also, I forgot to put down... Is that down... Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday. Yeah. Okay. 4pm uh, start. I just love that Tony is now thinking, hmm, can I go to that? Yeah, yeah well, I can. I oh, know I can. Uh, Lucha go. Fantastic is on, in fr- on Friday in Melbourne as well. Ooh. Uh, so if you want your Mexican... Masks. If you want some masks and flips... Can I wear my mask to it? Probably preferable. I would. <laughs> it would be. I would have thought. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to see, if you want to drink some tequila and watch some Mexican wrestling, Aliba, Aliba. get to Lucha Fantastica in Brown Alley. I think it is in the city. Why wasn't that in my list of things? Because I had already printed it and then I saw it. Oh, okay. Uh, if you've got an upcoming show that you want us to promote, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and make sure you get it to us before while well, she does the list, because otherwise it won't make it. But if you still message me before we record, I sometimes remember to mention it. All right. Uh, that's it, boys. We've had another great show. How, how good well, was it to have... We think it was great. Oh, how good was it to have uh, Crackerjack? It was a laugh. It's, it's always interesting to talk to Crackerjack. Very different. Yeah, very, very different. Thanks for joining us again this week. We look forward to bringing you another episode of On the Turnbuckle right here on mypodcasthouse.com next week. Till then, arriba. <laughs>